Hello, and welcome to Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell, and today we conclude our ongoing mini-sode series, The Regional Park Story. While Canada's Wonderland marked the end of the regional park era that Six Flags Over Texas had started in 1961, there would still be projects that followed the mold established during those 20 years. Mexico would see their largest regional-style theme park with the opening of Reino Aventura in 1982. In 1992, the park acquired Kiko, an orca which would star in the 93 movie Free Willy. The park's success would result in a 1999 sale to Premier Parks, becoming Six Flags Mexico for the 2000 season. Another latent movement project would be Kentucky Kingdom, first announced in 1977 during the height of the regional park movement. The small Kentucky-themed park would open in 1987 on the Kentucky State Fairgrounds, quite infamously going bankrupt in one season. The rights to operate the park were acquired by Ed Hart in 1989, who reopened the park in 1990, applying lessons other regional parks had already learned, more rides, less focus on theming, and the importance of scaling for large crowds. Hart would go on to double the size of Kentucky Kingdom and add a major Den Wooden Coaster, Thunder Run, and a Vacoma Boomerang Vampire for 1990. The park slowly became a modest success. Hart would continue to add notable thrill rides such as North America's first Vacoma SLC T2 in 1995 and the record-breaking B&M stand-up Chang in 1997. Operation rights for the park would be acquired by Premier Parks in 1997, and the park was rebranded as Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom for the 1998 season. While new park construction slowed, the regionalization trends seen at traditional amusement parks would continue on throughout the 80s and 90s at many water, wildlife, and traditional parks. Maryland's Wildlife Preserve drive through Safari Park was relaunched in 1981 as Wild World Amusement Park. It was eventually acquired by Premier Parks and rebranded as Six Flags America for the 1999 season. Premier's acquisitions would also see regionalization at Northern California's Marine World, now Six Flags Discovery Kingdom, and Massachusetts Riverside Park, now Six Flags New England. The positive economic climate of the late 80s and early 90s led to aggressive expansion by Premier Pat Parks and Six Flags, but also resulted in the construction of a few true regional theme parks um, following the opening of Canada's Wonderland. In 1992, the USAA Real Estate Company would collaborate with Opryland's Gaylord Entertainment Group to open Fiesta Texas, a ground-up theme park built on the site of a former quarry in San Antonio, Texas. Centered around San Antonio heritage and history, the park included the old Watering Hold Water Park with park admission, a practice that was soon adopted by many theme parks. Time Warner would take over the park in 1996, joining the Six Flags chain as Six Flags Fiesta Texas. In 1993, the final park designed by Randall Duell and Associates before Duell's death in 1994 would open, MGM Grand Adventures. Designed in conjunction with the new MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, Grand Adventures was a compact theme park with seven themed areas, some of which revisited dual stands, standbys, like the Oriental Village, a Frontier, and New England-themed areas. The park's MGM connection acts as an appropriate bookend to Randall Duell's career, which began at the Illustrious Studio. And the park is, well, was, a clever, compact implementation of a dual loop. Unfortunately, the park struggled significantly. The attempt to rebrand Vegas as a family-friendly destination which was largely unsuccessful, and most visitors were unimpressed by the park's small scale and lack of attractions. 
1997 reconfiguration of the park saw the park's already small footprint reduced further, and by 2002, the MGM Grand concluded that the land would be more valuable as additional hotel space versus a theme park, which resulted in the park's closure and demolition. Circus Circus's 1993 enclosed theme park project, Grand Slam Canyon, proved more successful. Grand Slam Canyon was a thoughtfully themed experience, complete with animatronic dinosaurs and rock work that interacted with the Canyon Blaster, Arrow Looper, and Rim Runner, Arrow Shoot the Shoots. However, the demand for more attractions results in the addition of carnival-style flat rides. Despite some operational struggles that continue today, the now-renamed Adventure Dome remains popular among tourists and Vegas locals and continues to expand with recently announced additions like the SpongeBob SquarePants Dark Ride. This period would also see two national theme park giants dabble in the regional theme park design. In 1999, Universal Studios would open Islands of Adventure, an ambitiously themed project whose rather loop-like layout and the inclusion of very visible large-scale roller coasters certainly put it in line with the regional theme parks of the era, despite the obviously large theming budget. Disney would open California Adventure in 2001, utilizing space previously occupied by Disneyland's parking lot. California Adventure purported to be a celebration of California culture, and included in this mix was an eclectic celebration of California seaside amusement parks, Paradise Pier, complete with an intimate steel looping coaster designed as a woody. The regional park movement had enough influence that less than 30 years after Kings Island built the racer, Disney was doing their own version of -of turn-of-the-century Coney Island. Both parks struggled with attendance in the tourism decline following September 11th, but both have proven to be successful ventures for their prospective companies. The same could not be said for 2008's Hard Rock Park, a $225 million music-themed park, which went bankrupt after one year of operation. The park's questionable financing and the 2008 financial crisis are typically cited as reasons for its failure. It would operate for one more season under a new ownership as Freestyle Music Park before a slew of legal troubles forced the park to shut down permanently. In June of 2022, the Burke family of Iowa, who had opened the successful Lost Island Water Park in 2001, debuted the Lost Island Theme Park the first true ground-up regional theme park in North America since the infamous failure of Hard Rock Park. It is still too early to label Lost Island a success, but with the construction of Mattel Adventure Park outside of Phoenix, Arizona, and the announcement of the American Heartland theme park for Oklahoma, it seems the 2020s may be time for another North American regional park story. Thank you so much for listening. If you've liked this mini-sode series, please leave a comment or rating wherever you are listening. You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings, this is Ian O'Donnell. Join us again next week for more Coaster Kings Radio.